0: Praise God. Praise the Lord. He is worthy. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we do need you, Lord. We need you every minute of every hour of every day. And we thank you for your ever-present help for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the prophet's reward so that you can anticipate. I like for people to anticipate good and and good for a variety of reasons. Amen. And uh, one of those kind of like uh, unspoken and uh, rarely taught about reasons is the prophet's reward and how to receive a true prophet of God. You know, somebody who stands in the office, not somebody who just gives you a prophecy or a quote-unquote word, uh, but someone who responsibly stands in that office and, and bears the markings of the prophet's ministry. The prophet's ministry in this day and age must include healing and deliverance. It cannot not include that. If if now there are many people who are called to that office, but to develop in the full, you've got to take embrace the believers ministry, because why should you be over people and they can pray for sick people better than you can? Or they can cast out devils and you don't have that power. You see, it's available, but you got to pay the price for it. You just can't hang a a, a title onto your name. <clears throat> And believe that you're there, you know, Uh you have to demonstrate the fruit and demonstrate the power. God has to confirm your words with signs following. Amen. And, and many of these prophecies go unproven because people just keep spouting off words. They never come to pass and get people all excited. Oh, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And they get almost nothing. Amen. And so with the body of Christ has to kind of do some some soul searching, be respectful of God's kingdom and what God has called into being in, in these ministry gift offices. Because if we respect these offices and allow them to function the way God's called them to function, they can be quite a blessing to us. But if we don't look for the signs and we don't quote unquote inspect the fruit, so to speak, and look for the goods, we're going to be disappointed. And so uh, this is just giving you an understanding of what to expect out of the prophet's ministry. Like many times we'll be languishing in the land of I wish I had it and I want it and when is it going to come and if we will seek What the prophet has, we'll be able to get a response and an answer to how to take the faith we have and put it into operation for our lives. And this is what you'll see over and over and over again, that the prophet will give you the instruction of God for how to be blessed and prosper. Amen. How to really prosper, not how to wish you had this and and get another word about its coming and it never gets here but if you examine the way prophets interacted with people when they came in contact with them they gave them simple instructions nothing extraordinary nothing demanding of what you don't have amen and and it made it simple so that you could prosper my 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 sense is that ministers have made it way too hard for people to be blessed Because if you look in your Bible, is what's in your house. What do you have? You know, they never went to somebody and the person said, well, gee, I got to go. What do I have? You know, I got to go get this. I got to go get that. The only thing we see that was borrowed, that was necessary, was to contain the abundance that that person had. The woman with the cruise of oil, why would she keep a bunch of oil jars around her house? She didn't have that. But she had one to get started with. And the prophet told her to go borrow from your neighbors and expect abundance. They always leave you with abundance. They don't leave you broke. They don't leave you owing and paying on the the pastor's gift or love gift or Bentley or Rolls Royce or whatever they're demanding you buy for them, I'll go talk to the (laughs) Y. I don't expect y'all to buy me a car. Come on now. I should be able to afford my own car. Come on now. People really need to quit. They've gone overboard, I think. Now that's just me talking. I'm not getting that from "Thus saith the Lord." I'm not getting, but if you look at the Bible, His ministers live by faith, pretty simply. You know, faith doesn't necessarily store up unless you, you know, Paul had a side. He had a side hustle. He made tents. You know, when he wasn't getting beat up and thrown into jail, you know, in a little spare time, he made tents. But it don't say nothing about he supplied him the Home Depot and was a millionaire. You know, ministers couldn't, didn't even have time to pass out food when the church started. So how are you going to have time to, well, I'm not going to even go there. You know, some people are just gifted entrepreneurs and that kind of stuff. But sometimes the more you get, the less time you can devote to what God wants you to do. If you're a full-time minister, you understand what I'm saying? So if you live simply, you won't be overburdened with debt. You won't be overburdened with bills. You won't be over, if you're just living simply. And I don't mean in poverty. I mean, simple abundance. Amen. All that you need in spare and something to spare in an inheritance for your children and your grandchildren. Amen. And just let God set that up for you. You don't have to, you know, beat people over the head to bring you offerings and stuff like that. You really don't. You And you don't have to threaten them with the curse to get them to tithe. My goodness. What kind of church do we have here? It didn't work under the old covenant and that was all they had. Amen. (laughs) So it's not gonna work now. People know the curse is broken. Because if you saved it's definitely broken. Some of the stuff we used to do, my goodness. If that's been erased, I know God can give you mercy on your voluntary giving. I don't know. Anyhow. Anyhow. I like the light yoke and the easy burden. You know. (laughs) The minister should not be bothered by how much you give. Because we're living by faith. And God is going to supply for this ministry. I thank God that you guys cooperate with that. But. I have never beaten anybody over the head for nothing around here. And I'm not about to start. Amen. You won't get threatened or anything like that. You know, your giving is between you and God. It has to be that way. Your faith is between you and God. So anyway, but prophets reward is always prosperity. They all believe in his prophets and you shall what? So shall you prosper. So that's that's a given. That's why when, when prophets would come around, people who really had a need would, would go to them and, and petition them for what they needed from the Lord. That was their role, to provide prosperity for the person, to provide abundance for that person, to put you in a place where you've never been before. But in order to get there, they may require you do something you've never done before. And this is where the problem arises, because many times people will try and figure out if that's going to work or not. And see, that's where faith comes in. In other words, you're not going to know if it's going to work or not until you do it. Amen. You got to have enough courage to do it. Amen. And be quick about it amen the quicker you move on that the more help you get from god see let me tell you what happens if if a word of prosperity goes out to you instruction for how you to prosper not only did you hear that word but guess who else heard it uh who is your adversary Well, speak it out there amen so if you sit there and try to figure out, it takes you a month to figure out if that's gonna work or not, or you wait until situations get worse and worse and worse before you move on it. Guess who set up roadblocks while you waiting to figure out if it's gonna? He loves that kind of stuff. He loves people that so that slow on the response. We should call ourselves first responders. Amen. Believers are first responders. We the first ones. First one in the pool, first one to get to the altar, first one to, you understand what I'm saying? We need to be the first responder, spiritually speaking, and jump on that before the devil has a chance to set up something against it. Amen? And so if you're quick to receive and respond to God's word, guess what will happen? You'll be on the big end, amen, of the receiving and of the blessing. So, so we talked about Naaman the last time, I believe. We're also, today, we're going to talk about the Shunammite woman who was in, did we talk about the, uh, uh, the widow with the, the sons that were going to go to prison? Let's do the Shunammite because that's got a couple of things in there. You need to understand that the prophet brings in their instruction the complete package. Amen. From start to finish, if you obey their instruction, it's a complete package. So you won't obey God and then be wondering if it's going to work. Once you get into the flow of that anointing, it begins to propel you into the answer. So you get the complete package from start to finish. It even factors in things that you might do to mess stuff up. And it will help you to be corrected and come back into line with what God wants done. So when it says complete package, it anticipates human weakness. It anticipates second guessing. It anticipates, but once you get in the flow of that, stay in the flow. Don't jump out. Don't get creative. Don't get doubt. Don't let doubt settle in. Just follow through on it until you get the desired result. Amen. So if you'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, a wealthy woman. And she stopped him or constrained him to eat bread. Now, it was common for people when they saw travelers, if they – it was – hospitality was very different than it is now nowadays you invite a stranger in your house they might throw a gun up your nose you know what i'm saying so you don't take any chances but sometimes people would get a a sense that god was was about to visit him through the visit of a stranger that's why there's still that scripture in hebrews do not be forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So God sometimes will give you a piece about people that you don't know to help them out. You understand? And so this is what's happening here. This is an angel unaware to this woman, and she would stop him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, this woman, he turned in to eat bread. And so this woman was uh, showing him hospitality. It was no doubt not a threat to her. And so she said to her husband, behold, now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God who passes by us continually. So she saw that this man was was had a, a, a certain pattern. Of coming past their house. Now, oftentimes people look at this as not a coincidence. Like It's not a coincidence that every time I look up, this man is going here, and and we can help him out. He belongs to God. So maybe there's a blessing in it for us if we show a kindness to this man. She said, let us make a little chamber, I pray you, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us, that he shall turn in there. So no doubt this woman is hearing from God because she wants to uh, retain this this holy man of God into their uh, care for the purpose of blessing. See, people had enough sense to know that if you help God and help his servants, in fact, they understood the prophet's reward. Amen. They understood that God would not uh leave them out in their time of need, that they could put something in the bank for later in case they needed it. And she had a need that was unspoken at this time because, you know, sometimes wealthy people pretend like they don't have any needs. I mean, she was accustomed to everything being taken care of because of her money, but there are some things money cannot buy. And that's when the prophet's ministry comes in. It comes in for the things your money can't buy, your good job can't buy, your good looks can't buy, amen, your your brand new whatever cannot buy, amen. There's always going to be some need that falls through the cracks, and God will see to it that you don't have everything for his glory, amen, because he wants to step in there and perform miracles for us. And so she asked the husband if they can, can uh, set up a place for the prophet to stay. And it fell on a day that he came there and turned into the chamber and lie there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him and, he, and said to him, Say now to her, Behold, you have been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for you? Would you like for uh, us to speak to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. In other words, I'm cool. Amen. What she was saying here was, mm, I don't want to get in too deep with you and your God. Huh? You know how it is. You got friends that want prayer all the time, but they refuse salvation. They'll They'll want your God at a distance, but they don't want him close up. You know what they're afraid of? They're afraid they're going to be like you. Huh? Huh? Because we scare them and we're supposed to. Amen. It's good if they know they're going to have to, there's going to be a change in them if they get closer to God. Amen. But they want what they can get from God, but they don't want a real relationship. So that's where this lady is. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, now, now, this is the conversation between the prophet and the servant. Amen. Now the prophet's servant is supposed to be what I call nosy. They, they observe more things than you realize. See? And they observe more things sometimes than prophets realize. And this is one way the prophet has of checking up on the servant to see if they're observing the right things. Amen. So this is part of Gehazi's training. He's supposed to pay attention to the things that they that that are about kingdom business. And Gehazi understands the way the prophet's office office functions. And so he understands that this lady is do something that's going to change her life forever because God is she's because she's honored the man of God. And God is going to do something that's going to revolutionize her life. So they look for the hard thing that somebody needs. They look for the challenging thing that somebody needs. They look for the not everyday thing that somebody needs. That's why many times prophets will come to you and ask you how a situation is coming and they'll suggest to you that you change your level of expectation. Well, why don't we believe God for so and so and such and such now? You know? And you can look at the person's faces and see, if, I barely, you really don't know what it costs me to get what I got. Oh Lord. Chill, okay, God wants you to have it. You either want it or you don't. do you want it? Well, let's believe for it. if you believe for that I mean you you've been working for fifteen dollars an hour long enough. Come on, y'all, you need some more tread on them tennis shoes you got, you know or or let's get a new hairpiece or something run something new new through here. Amen, change the nail polish, <laughs> amen. Something. Let's get an upgrade. But see, you know we like that word, but we don't like the price. We you gonna have to change something to get an upgrade, huh? <laughs> and see where the prophet said this a minor adjustment. It's like, well, what did you expect to have happen here? If you if you could have all this at the level you believe in now, you'd have it already. Let's let's believe a little deeper amen launch out into the deep oh Lottie, i might drown and you might swim too and you might walk on water whatever let me get back in my word here amen so and so he says here he said what should we do for her so he's talking to gehazi and he's kind of like pumped gehazi for all the information He can get from him. You know, this is how prophets and I guess we could say people in the school of the prophets, prophetic people. This is how you're trained. You're trained to observe for the important things. Amen. That's why when you keep coming to a prophet and tell him so and so don't treat you right, we just look at the wall. I mean, like, aren't we beyond that by now? You know what to do about that. Next time you come in here, come in here after you have forgiven so-and-so, and then we'll talk. And most of the time, they don't show up again. See, once you forgive somebody, the whole situation's over with. You're not even offended anymore. Why should I rehash something with you that God's already spoken on, and it's mandatory for you to even get a blessing? You can't just do that much. Come on now. Let's go back until we get that perfected. Are y'all grown enough for today, or are you just going to sit there and sulk and be mad at me because I don't want to hear about your minutia? Huh? I'm not going to sit here and repeat the Beatitudes to y'all. That's the basics. Man, you get that in Catholic school. Come on, nothing wrong with Catholics, but all I'm saying is that we got this as elementary kids. Come on now. That's right. Yeah. You know, we looking to be married to the king. We can't let petty offenses stand in the way. So anyway, he's here and he says, he said, then he petitions Gehazi, the servant, and make sure he's done his job. And and Gehazi says, and he said to him, verse 14, then what shall we do for her? Gehazi answered, well, to be honest with you, and snooped a little bit more than the average person, amen, Gehazi had been all up in her business. He knows everything about it. He had been talking to the people in the village even talking to the servants in the house he had not done his job and gehazi I said well you know what now that you mention it she's uh she has no children and her husband is old and he said call her and when he had called her she stood in the door and he said about this season according to the time of life you shall embrace a son and she says no my lord thou man of god Do not lie to your handmaid. So she she positions herself as a servant, but in her mind, she's not worthy because she's a Gentile. She doesn't have a covenant with God. She's on the outside of the covenant. But the reason that you sow into the life of the man and woman of God is so that you can have relationship with God. Because that's part of the prophet's reward, too. It's the total package. Amen. It takes care of everything that's missing in your life. It takes care of everything that could go wrong in your life right now and in the future. Amen. It takes care of all those things. And so it says in, in he, and the woman conceived, bore a son at that season that Elisha had said to her according to the time of life. And so it says here, And when the child was grown, so here this is many years later, many years later, says when he was grown. So what that means, it could be anything from maybe a teenager, I'm thinking, unto an adult. And it says it fell on a day that that he went out to his father, to the reapers. So he must have been grown enough to work or supervise in the field. He was going to work. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon and then died. So you might assume that he was a, a grown, uh, uh, either a teenager or, or a large child. And, and And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I might run to the man of God and come again, that I might run to him and come again, that I might run to him and come back home again. So she had enough confidence to know that the man of God would return and do something about the situation. Amen. Now, mark her words. What did she say when she first learned of the blessing that was coming to her? She said, no, don't lie to me. So she at least had doubt, unbelief, or something working in her that didn't quite believe that she was going to get what he told her she was going to get. If doubt and unbelief go unchallenged, they continue to work in your life. And they will continue to work against whatever it is that God has blessed you with. This is why, you know, many times God will continue to work with us. Like, say, for instance, you got your healing. You know, many, many times people who have healing ministries where they will have instantaneous healings, like through word of knowledge, Word of wisdom and the anointing. They will teach classes on health and healing so that you can learn how to do what they call keep your healing. Because if, because they know that doubt and unbelief can challenge what you have from God at any time. Amen. And so this is about keeping what God has given you. But the prophet's office is constructed To give you the total package so that when situations fall apart or something goes wrong with what you you've received from God, they're not taken by surprise. It's not that they expect it, but they should have enough relationship with God to be able to dig into the well of God and retrieve the answer that you need for the for the unexpected catastrophe that's waiting around the corner see what i'm saying so the prophet is never upset never thrown never taken aback by anything that happens to you i don't know why that makes people mad but people get mad at me because it looks like i'm not moved by their upset you understand what i'm saying and i'm saying to myself what if i move where are you gonna go and why you want me to get all emotional with you? Because somebody got to stand stable before God so we can get an answer. Because I know God is not moved by emotion. He's moved by faith. Amen. We can't all fall apart. Amen. Amen. <laughs> People crazy. They come to you for help and you got help or trying to find help and they get mad at you because you're trying to find help for them. So you can't please some people. So she told him, no, don't lie to me. So this is like she receives him but doesn't receive him. See, you can receive the prophet's word. But don't believe it will prosper you. Amen. It, it's like the people who receive the word on, uh, let me see, which one of it is? Oh, in a stony ground, where they receive it with gladness, and when challenges come up, they leave the word, and, and it's unfruitful for them. Just superficially receiving the word. Amen. Just receive it. And see, this is why you got a lot of prophecy failures among people. Because the people they cater to receive the word with gladness. Ooh, look at what God gonna do. Woo, 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 lauddy, lauddy, Oh, so I'm happy. Blah, 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 blah. And they receive it emotionally and it never gets, you know, planted in their hearts. They're just looking for an, an emotional rush and something to get excited about superficially and in the flesh. And that's as far as they go because they yet don't believe God's gonna do it for them. But they get excited, like a horoscope. You know, you get excited because, ooh, look at that. It's saying good stuff about me. Amen. And get all worked up and excited about it. And then you just leave it like it never happened. Amen. Thank God people do that with horoscopes instead of getting all invested in them. Amen. Amen. But a prophecy from God is not like a horoscope. It's nothing. It's not even similar, amen? Nothing like it. Because these things will come to pass and they will continue to prosper in you over and over and over again, amen? Uh, the prophet's reward, because it's a full package, means that word continues to work in you. And it continues to prosper your life. It continues to do what you want it to do, amen? And so uh, when he told her, About this season, according to the time of life, that probably scared her and shocked her. And she she gave the superficial answer that was on the top of her head. Oh, no, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Well, people who don't have a covenant with God have no basis for their faith. Because you can't really believe in the goodness of God if you live in your own badness every day. And she was probably worshiping other gods. She knew she didn't worship his God. And so she knew that her she was only going to get blessed so much if she didn't do something different and turn away from the God she was serving. That's why she said, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I got a temple I go to. I give offerings to this statue up there, and and I'm content doing that. Amen. Some people really are are foolish enough to believe that this God statue that they worship sent a holy man to their house. Say it again. They're foolish enough to believe that this false demon that they worship sent a holy person to their house. Because Israel believed like that. They made offerings to the queen of heaven. And when they went out and bought clothes, they they worshipped her more because they said she did that. But then when the prophet and the priest would come around and rebuke them, they said, well, we're going to serve God. We promised to serve God and go back and give offerings to God. So they were doing both. That's why God called them harlots, because they played both sides, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He wants devoted people. He don't want back and forth people. He wants devoted people amen in other words he wants all your devotion all your offering all your time all your praise all your worship amen that's what devotion is you don't have a little bit of it left where you want to spend it this time amen you don't go to casino and say this don't mean nothing i'm just doing it for fun Huh? that's be you know you're serving the god of mammon there so when your money messes up don't be shocked Amen. Or the lottery tickets. Amen. It was funny. Years and years ago, I think when this lottery first started, one of the people in the ministry, his mother was in a lottery pool with some people at her job. And he told her one day, he said, Mother, he said, if you're going to believe God, you have to believe him all the way. And she said, you know what? I'm going to stop. And, you know, when she quit putting her money in it, everybody else, the little group dissolved. And it was about a dozen people in there. Amen. So the devil will have you. And Look at what the devil can, can point to God and accuse her of. Look at her. She's leading all these people astray. She's some kind of Christian. You got me? And so many times a lot of the stuff we think it's not important, but you don't know who's following you and who's drawn to your lead just because of who you are. See, the anointing that's in you when God lives in you, it has drawing power. People will like you. They'll listen to you. They'll believe in you, whether you tell them good or bad. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to be careful about this double-minded, playing both sides, straddling the fence, one foot in the kingdom of darkness, one foot in the kingdom of light. Amen? Because one day it's gonna crack. And when it cracks, you gotta make up your mind what side you're gonna get on. And so here she is, she, she decides that she, she doesn't really quite believe him. But the prophet's reward is children. That's one of the big rewards prophets will bring you. Is an end to barrenness. Uh, across the board. And being fruitfulness into your life whether it's your finances, your health, your property, but it also is children. So people who needed children or desire children would always go to the prophet to get prayer and to get a result from God. Amen. And so it says here um, that that uh, she was rewarded with a son, even though she says, don't lie to me and don't deceive me. Well, it was up to her to believe him. Amen. That's that's your responsibility is to believe. But if you go around with doubt hanging out, it's going to bear fruit at some point. It may take many years, but that doubt will bear fruit if it's not corrected. Amen. If it's not removed, it's going to bear fruit. You think it's temporary. Amen. It's a lot of Christians. There are many Christians that leave here early because they something in their their mind is told you're not going to live to see this year. You're not going to live to be this old or that old or your are both of your parents die with cancer. You can have it, too. And see, people believe that a lot of people believe that Christians believe it because they think nothing of that little thought that keeps floating through their their mind. They don't put it in check. They don't cast it down. They don't supplant it with the word. No, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation, health, wholeness, and deliverance. Amen. So you got to challenge these things because they'll start to, you'll start to meditate on that. Then you'll start to speak from it or you start to watch over the boy. Huh? See, she was that boy's caretaker. Wealthy people generally have Servants to do that kind of stuff. But you can see she probably kept a close eye on him just to see if the prophet was telling her the truth. It's a habit. Some things we just do it habitually and don't even think about why we're doing certain things. And it can be fear, doubt, and unbelief driving the whole situation all of the time. And so she's received this reward already, but there's something There's a glitch here. So finally, this little boy drops dead. Well, he gets sick, and the father sends him to the mother. He dies on her lap in her care. And so she sets out to see the man of God. So in verse 24, she tells the servant to drive and go forward. Don't slack in your riding for me, except if I tell you. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, behold, there's a Shunammite. He says, run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? So the prophet has an understanding. From her response many years ago, that trouble will strike this house. He didn't know who it was going to be. if It was going to be her, the husband, or the kid. But he knew that something difficult was going to happen for them. Number one, they're not servants of God. They don't have a covenant with God. They're outsiders. So anything could happen at any time. Amen. It could happen with, with covenant people. But oftentimes, the covenant people can go to the priest and get their healing. They could go, they had a system that took care of them in those situations. But she only knows the prophet. She can't go to the priest because she did not have a covenant with God. So here she is uh, looking for the man of God. 25, she came to him, to Mount Carmel, and and so the man of God sees her afar off and tells Gehazi, go run, catch up with her. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet but Gehazi came near to push her away and the man of God said let her alone for her soul is vexed within her and the Lord has hid it from me and has not told me well I thought God told prophets everything huh he says God has hid it from me and not told me So there's, he gives himself away when he first talks to Gehazi. He said, find out if it's her, the husband, or the child. So that says right away God didn't tell him what the thing was. Amen. And so because God did not tell him, what that means is he can't give her an answer right there. Amen. He has to do some investigating himself. So when he finds out it is the child, then he has to go step by step with God to see how to remedy the situation. Many times prophets can do things from a distance. Amen. They, you know, see this is a thing where people, people get overboard with their demands. They want somebody to come to the house, come with me, go with me. Huh? Well, if you're a believer, they can give you what to do yourself. Amen. You might as well get into the act. Didn't Jesus do that with the disciples when they were learning? He would tell when, when he wanted to feed all the people, he said, y'all make them sit down. Y'all get them some food. Y'all do this. Y'all do that. Because pretty soon they were going to be the ones responsible to do it. So not only is the prophet giving them instruction, but they're looking forward to the day when you will do that on your own. So Gehazi is in training while the prophet is 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 um, solving problems here in this situation. It's not because the prophet's too lazy to go do their own stuff. Well, some people believe it. Amen. Or they think they too good to come around your people. You think you're too good to come around your people. What you think I'm going to do? Selah, I think I'll take a drink. I'm getting dry. Mm-hmm. No, you need to do some of this because you're capable. You're a believer. Amen. You're always saying, God call me to him. Well, when are you gonna do it? You he called you. Did you answer when? Ten years ago, y'all be doing this stuff by now. So he says here, he says he, he told Gehazi to run her and meet her, amen, and ask her these things. And and so she she passes by him and because she refuses to deal with anybody other than the man of God. Which lets me know she kind of got a beef with him. No, I'm just going to go to him because I'm going to tell him off. I told you don't lie to me. And my baby just died. Huh? That's my baby you done let die. You got me? So she bypasses the servant. Amen. Caught him by the ankle. And Gehazi went to push him away. The man of God said, no, let her alone. Her soul is vexed. And the Lord has hid it from me and not told me. And she said, didn't I tell you I wanted a son? No, you didn't say that. In fact, when we asked you what you wanted, you said you was cool. Huh? So here's this boy given to her but she has not possessed him i must say it again he's like out here he's been given to her by god but she thought at the time the prophet told her she would have a son she thought he was lying She's been watching him all along, suspicious that something was going to happen to this boy. And now when it comes to pass, she can say, I told you so. It's like, you know, it, it, now this happens all the time. Come on y'all, don't act like this don't happen. You know, people will say things like, uh, like, I'm in agreement with you for, um, you know, for you to get this new job that you're believing God for. And then when you don't get the the job, you say, I told you, I didn't think I was going to get it anyway. See, we're going to stop playing God's servants for our amusement. And don't you let anybody play you for their amusement. Because people are quick to say, especially if you offer to pray for them. Yeah, 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 I'm in agreement. They're not in anything. And if you're smart as a believer or as a servant of the prophet or or a prophet yourself, you'll start listening by faith to see if these really people are really connected with you. And it's good to get them straight from day one and say, no, I'm not talking about you just saying, I said, you know, just saying this, this is not for me. This is for you. So you either get in faith with me or I'm not going to waste my time here. You understand what I'm saying? Tell them to go back and go study the word, meditate on the word, feed yourself the word until you get enough faith in you to come into agreement with me at least. But don't patronize me. Don't play with me. Don't fluff me off like some kind of person that's just doing this for fun. Huh? This is my life. I don't know about yours, but this is my life, sweetie. Amen. And and make sure people are invested in their own miracle. You know how people treat Christians. Yeah, come on, pray with me. How many people have you prayed the sinner's prayer when they still sinning? We don't call it the sinner's prayer to give them permission to sin or continue to sin. It's called a sinner's prayer so they can renounce sin and live in righteousness. Is to make a change in you. This miracle is to make a change in her. Amen. Every miracle that's granted should make a change in you. So here she is. She said, didn't I tell you, and she said in verse 28, did I not desire a son? Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I say, don't deceive me? So she's probably been hanging around with fortune tellers have been taking her money. She'd been probably she probably been promised this baby many times. So she's all set for rejecting it because she's been disappointed so much. You know what takes the place of that is faith. If you can invest and believe you believed all in deceivers, she already said he's a man of God. I can tell he's a man of God. She gave him a place to stay. She's gone through all the motions of believing him, but in her heart she still carries this doubt this unbelief amen it won't hurt you to believe the word of a true prophet then he said to gehazi gird up your loins take my staff in your hand and go your way if you meet any man don't salute him now this is prophet training 101 when they give you instruction go straight and do what they tell you to do if you stop and talk to somebody, it diminishes the anointing. It diminishes your your um, determination. It takes away from you. Like when you get the word of the Lord, you should seal it up in your heart until it's it, it it's delivered. You don't just go everywhere and do everything and play. Just so like if you you know, I remember when we we were kids, there was a a, a, a grocery store across the street from us. My mother would watch us go across the street and and then we we, you know, go to the store and we're supposed to turn around and come back. If we were delayed, she girl, what you doing out there so long? Huh? And usually if you delayed, the bread was squished. The milk was warm. You understand there was some damage to what you carried. Huh? And so when when you're on a mission by an authority in your life, you're to obey those instructions to the letter. And what most people do is take that word and want to fix it up and make it fit their, their uh, slothful situation. What God's trying to get you to do is learn how to obey his word so that you can get the benefit of it and the word of the lord is not for when it's convenient for you it's when he gives it to you he don't want you to put that on the shelf with all them suggestions you got from your girlfriends i ain't your girlfriend when i'm sitting here amen i represent god you understand what i'm saying and and i don't play i if i'm serious about serving god and if i Take the time to seek God on your behalf. I mean, I know you think I run my mouth and these words flow out like water, but I've sought God on your behalf. You understand what I'm saying? So he can get something that works for you. So don't put me on the shelf with all the people who tell you I don't know who this is for, but I know who it's for. When I look at you and tell you what I think God's told me for you, I know who it's for. And you do, too. Amen? So this ain't something you can just, you know, do it when you feel like it. If you get, oh yeah, you know, let me try this and see what that. Uh, uh-uh, this this word's been tried. All right, it's trying you as a matter of fact. You ain't trying it. He says he he came and said, as Gehazi came near to push her away, let her alone. So he gives his servant instruction. Gehazi is a junior prophet learning. Okay. He, he tells him, take my staff, go your way. If you meet somebody, don't talk to him. Don't even say hi to anybody. Don't answer anybody back and lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And he arose and followed her. So in other words, she's dragging the man. She's scared. She's going to have to trust the junior man. Well, she don't even trust, you know, Elijah. Well, she let Elijah, no, I ain't got no kind of faith in this servant of yours. Well, Gehazi was the one who initiated her reward. Amen. So Gehazi passed on, and see, this is why Gehazi's efforts didn't work, more than likely. She put no trust in it. See? She's got What is she saving her faith for? She's been saving it all these years and let the kid die. What's she saving her faith for? So in Gehazi, passed on before them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, the child is not awake. See, the prophet is kind of forcing this woman to believe. Many times we want a quick remedy and we want to put it together ourselves. See what I'm saying? Well, Pastor Barb, you know, can you come and pray for so-and-so? No, you pray for him. Amen. I give you my permission to pray for them in my place. <laughs> That's really what it is. Amen. So, and the sooner you grab that, the better off it'll be for you. See, you'll start learning how to do these things yourself. And so, I mean, I know it's nice to be taken care of, but come on now, y'all, y'all know God's gonna take care of you. You take care of other people now. It says he returned and walked to the house. Amen. And in the the child, he was not. Nothing was changed with him. Amen. Uh, but uh, when Elisha came to the house, verse 32, the child was dead and laid upon the bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them. So that is either with him, Gehazi, and the woman or with him and Gehazi or him and the kid. He went up and lay upon the child, put his mouth to his mouth, his eyes to his eyes, his hands to his hands and stretched himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child waxed warm. So there was signs of life, amen, on a DOA. And he says, then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then he called Gehazi and said, call this woman. So he called her. When she came into him, he said, take up your son. And she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Amen. And so she, when she, she gets her son, she is convinced now that he is a man of God. Amen. She finally is convinced that he's telling her the truth. It took all of this to convince her. Don't be surprised that people you pray for go back to doing stupid stuff. Every time they get out of trouble, God bails them out and they go right back again. Don't be shocked. Amen. Because here this woman is, she stays in doubt and unbelief until her son dies. And then she's got to make an emergency run to the man of God to revive him again. But she was all ready to look at him and say, I told you you weren't a real man of God. See, don't ever make somebody you love dearly a test for whether or not God is true to you or whether he's real or don't hold it up in such high esteem that it becomes a bargaining chip in your relationship with God. And now we look at that and we say, well that sure is stupid. How many, you see how many empty seats are here? Those are people that made one thing in their life a bargaining chip in their whole relationship with God. And when they didn't get it, when they thought they were supposed to get it, huh? They walk away from God. Don't don't let there's no biggies in your life. Amen. You may think it's the biggest thing in the world, but I'm telling you God has a way of cutting it down to size. Cause the Bible says it's nothing for God to help you. It's nothing for God to bring you a good job or a good husband or children or whatever it is you desire in life. Don't make that thing an idol in your life. Don't make it bigger than God. Don't let your whole relationship with God hinge on the one answer to prayer. Because he's got many lined up for you. But you can't challenge God and threaten him. If he don't give you this, you you ain't going to serve him no more. He knows better than that he knows you're gonna serve him one way or the other. Amen. you gonna serve him blessed with everything he wants to give you, or you gonna serve him with little bitty teeny scraps, but you're gonna serve him amen so anyway, she when he returns the son to her, amen, so she took up her son and went out now here's another situation in Second Kings chapter eight, if you flip over there. We're talking about a total package now. We're talking about children and the barrenness, healing. She already had wealth, but she gonna lose that too. Amen. Because that's never guaranteed. In other words, so it says here in um, uh, eight verse one, I think it is. Praise the Lord. Yeah, eight verse one. Amen. Then spoke Elisha to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, go you and your household, and go wherever you can sojourn. In other words, go here and and, and, um, uh, until the famine is over. He says, For the Lord has called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And she got up and did what he told her to do. This is called, I ain't going to be stupid twice. Huh? I didn't let doubt and, and understand. This is the way you're supposed to respond to the instruction of God. You're supposed to get up and move on it right then and right there. You don't wait until you try to think if it's going to work or not. Number one, you don't have that kind of brain. Because if you did, you would have found something that worked already. I'm going to read this to myself. Num, 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 num. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that word. Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all still here. Oh, OK. So, all right. As uh, uh, Oya Depot says, let me hear your loudest amen. <laughs> let me hear your loudest amen. <laughs> so anyway, and then people get healed all over that place, uh, I mean, seriously, he'll just say from this day forward, no more sickness in your house. Let me hear your loudest, amen. Then people get up and say, well, God healed me from such and such. Amen. (laughs) So praise God. Amen. So, I I mean, it, it pays. That's what amen is for. It means I receive it right now. Amen. I receive it right now. So she gets up immediately and did after the saying of the man of God. Now, she's got to leave all of her wealth, her property, everything for seven whole years. But see, when you believe the word of the Lord, instead of letting it sit out there like she did, amen, the first time, that word sat out there waiting for her to believe it. Just like any word that God tells you. And you don't believe it, you put it on hold, you, mm, I don't know. Uh, I, <clears> well, you know, Pastor Bob, she'd tell you anything to do. Huh? Well, the devil says that about prophets, and he told you stuff about me that make you think I'm incredible. He has. <laughs> <Yes>. He <laughs> do that all the time. But, but see, your responsibility is to grab onto it anyway, because it's not gonna hurt you to believe it. In fact, it's gonna help you to believe it. At least it's different from what you've been doing so far. <laughs> At least you can say that much. Amen. It's always going to be something you don't want to do. You don't think it's going to work. It don't seem right. At least I ain't resorted to putting spit on nobody yet. Yet. (laughs) Woo! So anyway. She she arose and did, after the saying of the man of God, she went with her household. She packed everybody and went and lived in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king, it just it happened on the day she showed up there. I love the prophet's reward. See, there's no, there are no coincidences. There are no accidents. There's just divine guiding and divine leading and divine appointments. It didn't say anything about her coming to the king 15 times before he would, because really, if you don't, if you don't get to see, if he don't say yes the first time, ain't no return visit. See, it ain't no rushing up there. Esther knew that, and she was married to him. It wasn't no return every day, and, and you know, and oh, I'm, let me fix my hairs, and let me get these nails done, girl. I got to go see my husband. No, that's the king, baby. You can't rush up in there. You got to go and visit him like this is your first, last, and only time to get this done. Huh? That's what God, that's the way he wants us to respond to his direction. This is the first, last, and only time. But see, where some of us are so used to living off the mercy, mercy of God, well, I ain't sure. Well, I'm going to try it. Well, I'm going to see. So she goes up there. (laughs) And as the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, and the king just is, you know, Gehazi, I don't want nothing. But the king just decides. He said, well, tell me some prophet stories. Gehazi, you work for the man of God. Tell me what's been going on. I need some encouragement today. I want to hear something good. Huh? No, I ain't going to say that. You know (laughs) what I was going to say. Can you cue, can you cue Ms. Shaka Khan for me, please? Okay, I won't go there. But he said, tell me something good. So that's, it's kind of like a tell me something good kind of day with the king. You know, even though he got all these people backed up waiting for a, for a blessing or a promise or something, can I live another day? Am I going to die for the day is over? I'm starving to death, king. What can you do for me? He's got all them them problems backed up, and he takes a little breather. Tell me something good, servant of the prophet. Amen? He treats Gehazi like he gives him the attention he would give the man of God. Amen? People will give you that when you show up at different places. They'll push everybody out of the way, and people will say stuff like, I don't know something about you. I just enjoy every time you come by here. Amen. Come on in my office. Let me talk to you. And if people sitting all around there, you go in first. Amen. That's real favor. It's not this fictitious stuff we we talk about. It is real favor. Amen. Where people, they will push people aside to get to you. Amen. So he tells Gehazi, tell me something good, brother. And he says all the great things that Elisha has done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead body to life, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, you know what? That's the woman right there, the one I'm telling you about. Amen. So Gehazi then, his reputation... See, there's penalties for lying to people who are like kings and stuff. If he find out Gehazi is just sitting there making stuff up, the king said, Really? You lying boy. Somebody y'all come and take this liar out of here. And show him how we treat liars. So the confirmation shows up in the same conversation. Amen. See, God protects his servants when they're doing the right thing. Because Gehazi had been known to be a naughty boy, right? And he says here he says he says he, he said my lord o king this is the woman and this is her son who Elisha restored to life and when the king asked the woman she told him so the king appointed to her a certain officer saying restore all restore restore so the prophet's reward is restoration of what is rightfully yours amen They will stay with you. That word that you got, that initial word of blessing that she got has carried her throughout this whole situation. So she's not harmed or damaged in any way from the encounter with the man of God in her life. Amen. So prophets should leave you richer, not poorer, healthier, not sicker, strong, not weak. Amen. Restored, not robbed. Amen. And so here she is and restore all the fruits of the field that she had left. Say what? Even seven years worth of produce from the land? Yeah, all of it. Amen. And whoever has it knows to fork it over. Just fork over all of it. Amen. And so she she receives everything that was stolen for her and robbed from her. But guess what? Bet she straightened up. Huh? She straightened up. All she had to do in the first place was believe the word of the Lord coming from the man of God. Huh? See, many times people will dance around obedience and never quite obey. We feel powerful when we can withhold some of our faith. Huh? Oh yeah. You know, we get in the flesh so quick about stuff. You know. No, don't do that. No, 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 no. Really, don't do it. Yeah, no, no, honey, I don't want you to put it on there. Just, you know, yeah, I, I really I don't. I'm just playing with y'all. Don't and don't sneak up on me. You understand what I'm saying? If you gonna do something like that, you gotta warn me in advance. So yeah, no, no, no. So anyway, and she has to to um believe finally what God told her through the mouth of the prophet. If you don't put your faith in it, what are you holding on to it for? Why is she holding on to to faith in God and not using that faith to help her life? So finally, when the boy dies, she scoops him up, takes him out. But she's kept contact with this man of God. Why? Because she built him a house. She didn't kick him out. He's still coming back there. So they know how to contact each other. So Elisha is checking up on her, making sure all is well. When he finds out it's not right, God provides a strategy for her to hold on to everything. Huh? That she needs for her health and her well-being. So he'll take care of the prophet now. Elisha's not doing this with any self-interest. Come on now. I mean, she's, she's prepared a place for him to live there. But if he doesn't find anything to eat, he gotta leave too. You understand what I'm saying? So God has to provide for the prophet. So it's like, hey, you know, I go my way, you go yours, but know that at the end of seven years, this thing will be over. Amen. And you can come back and reclaim what it is that, that, uh, has been taken from you. And so she returned and, and, and found that she, somebody was probably on her land and she had to make petition to get it back. And so it, it just so happened. Huh? <laughs> these, there are, are no coincidences in God's kingdom. There are no accidents. They're just divine connections and divine uh appointments. So Gehazi was there and she was able to verify uh the the uh uh the uh what do you call it testimony that he was giving to the king and the king said, Well this thing is real. So the king why would the king withhold from her? if he knows she legitimately received what she has so that is verification that the property belongs to her so everything was in place for her that she needed to get what she had and god didn't it didn't cost her anything amen to believe the man of god so she understands now and she knows that the man of god is totally to be believed so so um th- this is why We believe. Amen. This is why we believe. We believe so that God can give us the things that we desire. Amen. That he can give us the things that we desire. So um, we're going to talk about Jesus and the prophets reward so we can bring it up to to like right now. Amen. Um, Why don't you turn to Luke chapter five. We'll go there first. And this is the miracle catch. It's a kind of straightforward story. I mean, you don't have to delve and dig too much to to see what's happening here. But it's a direct <clears throat> and and it will show you God's quick response to a need, his quick response to what it is that you desire, his quick response to pay you back for serving the prophet of God. And 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 I would say look for a quick response, amen. Uh, but but don't put God on the on the uh, you know on the if I don't get a quick response I'm not going to do this anymore. You understand what I'm saying? You got to put it in a quick response column, but you also have to use your faith. But you also have to be determined that this is going to be a lifestyle for you. This isn't just something you're trying here. So that you can, can, um, you can get something out of the deal or not out of the deal. I only got five minutes. Well, that just puts a pin in my balloon. I know last month was my birthday, but I only took one day. I don't take a whole month like the rest of y'all i'm thinking to myself if i take a whole month every day i'm gonna get a year older every day Don't play with me like that be with me see that's why i'll go for this little okey-doke stuff i say y'all oh, ain't fooling me well let's go back to second kings i'll do that probably i'll i'll just as far as i can see i can do it the next time we get together amen but if we go back to second kings chapter four and start at the beginning of that chapter and we see here um Debt canceled as part of the prophet's reward. Now, how all these pastors are passing out debt cancellation policies for people, I don't know. But you need a different kind of anointing to do that for people. And I'm not trying to lift up, but this is scriptural. According to the Bible. Amen. And don't make yourself a prophet overnight so people can start believing you. Amen. Just stay in your lane. God will take care of people amen I'm serious. I'm about headed with foley phony stuff for four verse one, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets now she was not no real prophet's wife okay let's this is second generation maybe one day almost didn't quite maybe wanna be didn't get there. You know, you don't know if, if her son was at the head of the class or if he was barely hanging on there. But she feels entitled, amen. Well, she's got a covenant with God on, by virtue of the fact that she is an Israelite, amen. And so she's, she's in that camp where, where they, they are taught, where they're trained, et cetera. And, and she says, my, your servant, my husband is dead and you know, that he feared the lord he did she said nothing about herself or them boys either and the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen elisha said to her, what shall i do for you tell me what do you have in the house and she says i don't have anything but a pot of oil so this means she don't know the value of nothing Which that's typical of most people. When you tell them to take something and start putting it to use so they can prosper, they'll just shrug their shoulders for a long time, though that ain't nothing. I'm telling you that so you you're forewarned, don't look at stuff like that. Look at everything that you possess as having great kingdom wealth in it if you will put it to use the right way. Got to get instruction from God to put it to use the right way, though. She didn't know how this was going to be used. Nothing but that pot of oil in there. Well, that's her inheritance. That's what they lived off of when her husband was alive. She didn't pay enough attention to see how the groceries was coming in there. Then he said go borrow vessels from your neighbors empty ones borrow not a few in other words get a whole heap a lotta expect a whole heap a lotta expect more than you can use expect more than you can imagine this is Ephesians 3:20 more than you can ask or think according to the power that works in you so if she was one of them uh I, I would say ministers wives that thought she was better than everybody all her life this sister got hard down humble she went begging for them vessels you understand me she got off her high horse and she came down to your girl you know you my neighbor girl you go know, what you got for me and people say I don't even know you who are you oh yeah you that lady that didn't used to speak to me well okay I'll give it to you <laughs> This'll start you speaking to people all of a sudden. I don't know about you, but when I need something I'm nice to everybody. <laughs> and he says, when you come in, shut the door. Woo Uh huh. He said that to somebody else. Who else he said that to? Huh? Kahazai. When he went in to raise that boy, shut the door. Everything. Shut the door. Shut the door. Why? Because the devil is following you home with a distraction. Shut the door. Don't let another thought come in your head. Shut your mouth if you have to. Don't tell yourself nothing. Go shut yourself up in your Bible. Keep the word flowing all the time. Shut the door on the stuff that's going to keep you broke. Shut the door on other people's ideas. So she went in from him, shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when they were full, she looked and said, bring me another one. Huh? Oh, flowing in the anointing will get good to you. This is for all the people that didn't used to like to pray. Huh? Huh? God will get you so hard of uh, uh, an answer praying to look good to you. You pray the less of your prayer cards, and you say, give me another one. Oh, is that all we got to pray? That prayer was getting good to me. I stopped just when it was getting good. <laughs> it do it every time. So she shut the door on them, and it says when they were full, she brought said another one, and when the vessel stopped, the oil stopped when the empty stopped the oil stopped when the empty stopped the oil stopped see it's good to always look for god to give you more to do that's for people who who get mad if if we ask you to sweep a floor and you don't sweep huh i can talk to the bricks on the wall as a matter of huh that's for people who are asked to clean up after we serve food and you don't do that kind of stuff the oil is trying to flow in your life and you don't know how to empty yourself so you can get it filled up again see if anybody should be resting is people like miss jan she's a minister amen she used to praying for people amen but when she comes in, she humbles herself and serves just like, every. is there's work to be done in service? You do it. Huh? Huh? Oh, but I don't do well. Maybe that's why your oil stayed. Who is quiet in here. I don't like this. Ooh, this is too quiet in here. I'm enjoying it, though. It needs to get quiet sometime, Huh? And take things in. Yeah, you may be asked to do something you never thought you wanted to do. Or maybe you think that's somebody else, you'd have stiffened yourself and got prideful where you think you ain't supposed to do it. Oh! See, she thought she was, her husband was the breadwinner. She ain't used to working. She didn't think she was going to have to talk to them neighbors. She used to think she was better than them neighbors. She thought she wouldn't have to talk to him. I don't need them for nothing. My husband take care of me. Well, he done dropped dead, girlfriend. Huh? He ain't here no more. What you gonna do? You gonna starve to death or you gonna do what the man of God tells you to do so you can live? (laughs) She had to break down and start working. Cause them sons was gonna go too. She, she's the, she's the balance in the whole thing. What she does, Is going to tip the balance for the whole household. Amen. Now I know in that culture women didn't work, but if women were by themselves, they had to live. See, they about to take her boys to prison. Amen. And so she's going to have to humble herself and obey the instruction of the man of God. And the Bible says she and her household ate many days. I mean, they they were sustained forever on that oil. Amen. Now, if she was a smart woman when she got down to the last jug of oil, oh! Who's to say that that last jug stayed full, didn't stay full the whole time she lived? Come on now, put it together, y'all. She borrowed as many as she could to hold as much as she could but as long as she poured it replenished what's to say that when she got down to the last jar it never went dry she'd been pouring out of that last one for five years now and it still got some oil in it don't underestimate do you think that because you obey God one time that won't take care of you for the rest of your life are you kidding me you confess Christ one time, ain't that taking care of you? God's just building on your one time confession of faith in here, amen? Alright, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the prophet's reward, which is lifetime taken care of, which is the whole package, which is oil which is fruitfulness, which is prosperity, and in the barrenness, and in the brokenness, restoration, whatever we need, the miracle catch, walking on water, whatever it is we need from God, it is in the prophet's reward. All right, why don't we do our thing? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. I thank you, Lord. That by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. It's worthy to be praised.